We will be hearing from the Gospel of Mark, specifically chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. It's a quick one today, but it is filled with so much meaning. Let us hear Jesus' words to his disciples. We will be reading from the Common English Bible Translation, but as always, I encourage you to hear this in the biblical language that connects your heart to God the best. So let us hear from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. This speaks to me because I've been a Sunday school teacher for 40 years. Oh my. Jesus blesses the children. People were bringing children to Jesus so that he would bless them. But the disciples scolded him. When Jesus saw this, he grew angry and said to them, Allow the children to come to me. Don't forbid them, because God's kingdom belongs to people like these children. I assure you that whoever doesn't welcome God's kingdom like a child will never enter it. Then he hugged the children and bless them. The lessons of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And hug the kids in your, in your life. <coughs> oh, so here we begin. This is the first week of our book study on Faith After Doubt by Brian McLaren. And I encourage you all, whether you're a member of this church or not, uh, whether you have a strong faith or you're just trying to figure your stuff out, to be a part of this time together. And if you would like to take part in this discussion and in this teaching series, you're more than welcome to join us. As I said before, it's via Zoom. So you don't even have to make the drive all the way into the wilds of Weston to take part. My prayer is that by doing this series, by looking at this book, is that when we take the time to read and openly discuss the things that we carry with us that are related to our faith and our doubt, because we all have them, we can set ourselves up to go into the upcoming Advent season ready to embrace the very mystery and the uncertainty of that season. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's get started, shall we? As some of you may have heard me say before, the book of Mark is the gospel that reads directly. There are no extras. Mark doesn't mince any words. It is what it is. Point A will meet point B. And in this section of the gospel, this is where we encounter Jesus as he is making his final trek to Jerusalem. He's preaching and teaching with the intensity 
of a man who knows that this is it. This is his final opportunity in the flesh to really get his message across to the people who are coming from far and wide to hear him and to be blessed by him as he is seen in this world. And the intensity is really apparent, I feel, when you read the preceding texts leading up to the scripture that we just heard. In the verses immediately leading up to this moment with the children, Jesus tackles some serious topics in conversation with the Pharisees. He talks about marriage and divorce. He talks about mosaic law, equality, patriarchy, you know, the really easy peasy kind of conversations that we all want to have with each other. The ones that we all love entering into, especially around the dinner table with our family and our friends. And after he's in the temple having this conversation, he leaves and he continues the teaching and the preaching with his disciples at another location at the house of someone somewhere in town. And that is what brings us to today's text. Now, this is reminiscent of a previous moment in Jesus's ministry back in chapter 9, when Jesus hears the disciples arguing about who is the favorite or who is the best. In that moment, he reminds them that, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he reminds them that the first will be last and the last will be first. To further bring home this message of humility as one of the keys to entering into God's kingdom, Jesus embraces a child from the group that is traveling with them. A child who, in that period of history, would have absolutely been the least valuable in the group, the least valuable in the hierarchy of both Jewish and Roman society. And he embraces that child whomever, and says, whomever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not just me, but the one who sent me. I'm sure we can hear my husband talking to one of my children up in the, the loft here as he's teaching him how to use the camera. So good luck when Brian's gone, because we're going to have a 10-year-old at the home. (laughs) And that's what brings us here to this moment that we read about today. So here we are. Place yourself there. The crowds are forming every time Jesus stops somewhere. Word is getting out about this incredible teacher. And this time is no different Now, I imagine that this moment is outside because there is a crowd and it is growing. It is a big enough crowd that the disciples are starting to get nervous. People are coming to be in the presence of Jesus and not just to hear him speak. Folks are also bringing their children to him, babies, toddlers, tweens who need that blessing. And shocker, yet again, we have a situation where the disciples have forgotten what Jesus has just said to them. Why do I say that? 
Well, if they had remembered that encounter from before in the previous chapter that they had along the road, they would have embraced the children coming forward, right? But as usual, they've forgotten, and instead of Jesus' rules, they again return to society's rules about the presence of children. And that is that they're a nuisance, that they should be sent away so as not to disturb the grown-ups. I'm sure many of us have heard in our growing up, children should be seen and not heard. Amen? They aren't important. But we know that that's not true. Now, one of the questions I've always had, even when I was younger, when I would read this passage or hear it read in church, is why were the disciples so bent out of shape? Why were they so upset about the children being there? They're traveling with children. They're traveling with a big group. It's not just the 12, remember. It's everybody. If the parents are bringing them directly to Jesus, what's the problem? And I have to wonder, are the children actually the problem? Or is it what they're doing that the disciples take issue with. Remember, there are children of all ages there. And what do children do, especially the ones that are now mobile? They make noise. They run around. They don't follow directions. Ah, caught your attention, didn't I? And things get really interesting when kids are bored, amen? Or hungry or see something shiny. Actually, that kind of sounds like some of the adults I know. Yep, amen. But anyway, I imagine one or more of these little ones has broken away from the line or has broken out of the crowd that their parents are in and they are rushing Jesus. First one, then two, then five and so on and so on. Monkey see, monkey do. They run toward this man that they don't know because they can sense something is different about him. The ones in the back who can't hear but can see, they see the way he embraces the children who ran to him first. And they follow suit. And then, what do we think they do? What do you think they do, friend? Um, I think they don't follow directions. Yeah, they don't follow directions. They ask a million questions. What do children do in general? They ask questions. They give each other unrepentant hugs. They see things in a way that is untainted by the teachings of others. They have no shame. They throw themselves 100% into everything. They're loud about it, too. And they are loud in their joy and in their pain, which is often at the same decibel level. They are gloriously chaotic. And this has the disciples losing their minds. And they get loud, too. Their energy matches the children's energy. They get loud, but it's a different kind of loud. 
The scriptures say that they scold the children. But again, as we've talked before, when Jesus rebukes, it's not a, oh, don't do that. When the disciples are scolding, it should read that they yelled at the children to get back. Lest we forget the time frame here, they may have even put their hands on the children. And so, as the scripture says, when Jesus saw this, he grew angry and said to them, allow the children to come to me. Don't forbid them, because God's kingdom belongs to people like these children. And I assure you that whoever doesn't welcome God's kingdom like a child will never enter it. And then he hugged the children and blessed them. People like these children. Welcome the kingdom like a child. Beloveds, when was the last time you acted like a child in God's presence? Right now. Not childish, but childlike, because there's a difference. When was the last time you were uninhibited in your relationship with Christ? Unashamed in your joy and sorrow and brought it before God or God's people? When was the last time you asked God a million questions in your prayers and expected answers? When was the last time you prayed at all, expecting someone to hear you? When was the last time you approached Jesus and threw yourself into the everlasting arms for a spirit-filled embrace? Or just sat, just sat for a moment and gazed in wonder at everything God has created, feeling both small and huge all at the same time. These are the qualities that children possess early in their lives. And we used to be like that too. But the world, just like the disciples in the text today, scolds us. The world told us that being this way was unacceptable. The world shoos us away and tells us to go away with that childlike nonsense of faith. The world tells us that faith either isn't real or that if it didn't look, sound, or act a certain way, then it was improper or unacceptable in the eyes of God. How many of us have ever been told to stop acting like a child in church? To stop believing in miracles by others? To stop believing in the power of prayer? Or just not to believe in God in general because that's not what the world values? I am here to tell you that the world was wrong to do that to you. The world was wrong 
to tell you to stop acting like a child. The world was wrong to rob you of that childlike innocence and belief in God. The world was wrong. I am here to tell you that faith like a child is exactly what we all need right now. And it is something that we all need to relearn how to do. Children are like sponges. They absorb everything with an open curiosity. Say a bad word, they will say it too. They are explorers and experimenters. They are triers and they are doers. And we need to relearn how to be the same way. Children get frustrated too. And then they look to someone bigger than them to help them solve the problems they face. When was the last time you did that? Look to someone bigger and more powerful than you to share the burden of what bothers you. Children believe in themselves. They believe in their friends. They, can, they believe that they can do anything until the world tells them they can't. Children feel their feelings openly. They play and sing and live fully in ways that adults could only hope to do. But we used to. We used to. We had that once until the world told us it was wrong. The world bent us to some arbitrary mold when we should have been the ones doing the bending, the molding to change the world to be what we knew it could be. And in the process, we adults have lost some of our sparkle, some of our joy, some of our ability to believe in something that stands in defiance of the world's demands, demands on our time, demands on our identities, our behaviors, our emotions, our bodies, our very own sacred worth. Our faith stands in defiance of the demands that the world makes on us, that we live in an either-or world where faith and belief has no place, where there is no room in the real world for God. But, beloveds, I am here to tell you not only was the world wrong for doing that, but to tell you that there is no freedom in that. There is no freedom in being bent and molded in such a way that we lose our sparkle. There is no real joy in that. And that is not what God wants for us. That is not what Jesus taught us. That is not what the prophets foretold for us. 
That is not what the Holy Spirit moves our hearts for. No. We have an entire sacred text that is one big love letter from God to us if we but believe it. God wants for us liberation in love, freedom, the ability to embrace all that God was and is and is yet to be. God has for us a love that doesn't demand anything of us but to just be present and to love as we have been loved. And that love, that embrace, that blessing that we hear of for the children is for us as well, and it is available for everyone. God knows our hearts and our minds and our yearning to be free of the constraints of the world we know and our desire, our deep, deep desire to revel like a child in the right to have a robust faith and life in Christ. But we can only do that with faith like a child, with belief that anything is possible, with recognition that while we still may have doubts, we are still going to climb to the highest level of that ladder on that slide and trust that we will be held and safe. Amen? So, beloveds, will you take that opportunity to live into your child faith today? Will you do it now? Will you do it in this moment, or will you try every day when you wake up to recognize that this is a new chance to try something different? Will you take this which is freely given to you and enjoy the freedom that comes with it? Enjoy the freedom that comes as we develop a deeper relationship with God, a deeper relationship with our neighbors and with our own Selves, when we get back in touch with that childlike faith. I hope you do. And I hope that we can do it together. That's why we come to church. That's why we read the Bible together. It's why we have deep conversations about faith and doubt and God and belief and miracles and our own experiences with the holy, both when we were but children and throughout our growing up lives. Don't stop acting like a child. Embrace it. Let's instead recapture, reimagine, relearn that childlike wonder and let us together deepen our connection with the divine who pours out love for us all. And let's do it together. May it be so for each and every one of us. 
Amen.